Introducing better modern sounds of podcasting. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds Podcast. This is a podcast where two buds talk about one album for a nice chunk of time. Uh, I, as always, am your co-host, Brett Butt Hanrahan. Brett, Brett the Butt Hanrahan. Brett the Butt. Join with me, as always, is Lucas... Uh, the cheeks the cheeks you're the butt on the cheeks yeah all right i can dig it you're the left one i'm the right one okay that's and together i don't think that's what you meant we make something greater than the whole of its parts uh and today we're going over a nice new uh country album yeah fresh super fresh it's fresh off the presses yeah. eight years old now is that right yeah it's a it's a a bubbling baby or whatever they call it and it is sturgill bubbling simpson's meta modern sounds of country, country music. music i've seen jesus play of flames in a lick of fire tell me lucas you are the one that brought this to the podcast yeah why i i feel like i know why sturgill but why this album uh this is i mean obviously it's the album that got me into sturgill it's just like, so even if it's not his best, uh, you know, on paper or whatever, like it's still going to be my favorite of his. Um, but this, to be honest, uh, you know, not to get too heavy right away with this record, but this album's so slightly changed my life in a way. Really? Slightly. In a, in a, as a, as a music fan and, uh, honestly as like a Southerner in a weird way, as someone living in the South. Yeah, you and me, we grew up in Texas, yeah. in the heart of it. In the really. heart of it, in the heart of it, deep, deep Texas. Like, not in little town Texas, but, you know, we... No, far from it. I mean, Thank I was, fucking Christ, to be honest. I was raised in Austin, yeah. which is like the most anti-Texas, uh, relatively speaking, city in Texas. Yeah. I'll, and Houston, which has gotten some attention recently. I don't know if you've seen this, but everyone's talking about the horrible walking situation in houston the walking how it's situation. literally impossible to walk anywhere just because the city is so poorly constructed yes yeah it's so spread out it's it's huge i grew up in a little town outside of houston like in between houston and galveston this little kind of mm. coastal um town and but still that was that was small town texas for sure but yeah we had we had houston there you were in austin uh but yeah houston's like I don't know, man. Houston has so much going for it, but it's just, uh, it has those issues where, you know, we were talking to people here in Southern California that they're so spoiled because if anything takes longer than 15 minutes to get to, they don't want to go <laughs> because it really is like, it's so easy to get around That's so ridiculous. this city. It's, it's nuts, man. And then, you know, in Austin, but even more so in Houston, if you're like, Oh, it's 45 minutes away. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's easy. You know? Yeah. yeah, you're just like, hey, you know, we're going to go head downtown. It's going to take about 45 minutes to get there, and we'll find a parking spot, take about 15 minutes, pay $30. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Houston, that's, I don't know, man. But, yeah, it's 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 funny, like, as a Southerner, someone who grew up in the South, uh, I was never into country music. Were you? Like, at all, you ever? Know, I, You know, I'd never really even touched it. I... The closest I got to it was when I lived in Lubbock, Texas, mm. for two years. Or I, I was technically in Leveland, 
Yeah, which was, Level Land, Texas. We've talked about that before, dude. Level Land, Texas. Yeah. Uh, the flattest. And that's when I was the flattest part exposed of Texas. To, oh my god, <laughs> you couldn't imagine. Yeah, I can't. Uh, and I went to my sister took me to a country show, and I thought, wow, this is the worst show I've ever been to in my entire oh, life. Yeah, dude. Uh, and it wasn't just because I hated. I hated the country music that we went to see, which was like the party Bud Light country music. Yes. Yeah. That's that's kind of why growing up I really hated country because it always just felt like such simple music, you know? Right. I know there's like legends like uh, uh, George Strait and Garth Brooks and stuff like that that are just legendary and actually like if you go back and listen to their 90s stuff and... You know, like some of it is actually pretty good. Now I can appreciate it because of what Sturgill did. Because literally my whole life, I thought country was just the dumbest genre of music. Yeah. Um, kind of this one note. Dumb uh, down. Really like just fucking dumb. Yeah. Like right. the lowest common denominator of people it was trying to attract. And it just would always bum me out. Uh, but when I heard Turtles All the Way Down, the first track on Metamodern Sounds mm. of Country Music... And then the that song fucking changed my life in terms of a music as a music fan because I re- like the headiness of it, the self awareness yeah. of it, the self deprecation of it, and like the trippy lyrics that kind of like permeate all of that permeates this whole record, but especially Turtles All the Way Down and just his heartfelt singing and the production, like all of it, just like li- simply changed the way I felt about country music, like almost in an instant. Yeah, well, it's, you know, I was interested going into this album because this guy's a pretty interesting dude, Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, he's like punk rock. He's the most punk rock country artist right now. <laughs> and from the title, I honestly expected something even a little crazier, mm. which he does do. He gets more and more experimental on, like, the next records he yes, produces. definitely. But throughout this entire record, you can't deny it's country. Oh, it's... It is country. It is country as sure. fuck. And it's, like, specific country. It's outlaw it, country at times. It's that kind of, like, drunk whiskey, uh, you know, like, yeah. in the 70s country. And then it's, like, honky-tonk the rest of the time. But, in at the same time, you can tell that this is the first step on to something new yes and there are some sounds that aren't usually in country i assume there's a lot of room there's a lot of echo especially on uh you know the first and last song depending on you know bonus tracks turtles and uh it ain't all flowers yeah that weird like Jimi hendrix e aerosmithy bluesy intro to that but so trippy and heady and psych I love it. Yeah, it's all. It, there are a bunch of backwards sections, and he's putting a lot of layers and effects everywhere. Yeah, the random synth that he would use uh, throughout yeah. the record too, and and sometimes, like on "Just Let Go," is some, and sometimes it's just textural synth to like, and you don't hear textural synthesizer in country music. You know, you don't hear a warbling <laughs> synth just to have a warbling sound in a song. Uh, and I love the way that they, they make the, they have the distorted guitar and that deep guitar notes at the end of Just Let Go. It's like there's so there's so many cool different choices that he made that I've never heard in a country music song, ever. Sure, but at, I feel like at the same time, as a person who's not in a country, mm-hmm. me, uh, this is a great introduction 
into country because it kind of displays maybe the best parts of country or, or at least the parts that I you know are, are definitely country yeah. and things I used to be you know like I used to not give a chance but now in this new context I was like oh you know I might actually like this I might kind of be into this vibe and these like mid-tempo songs yeah. with this he has a very country oh voice. Oh my god! I don't think that's up for. I'm pretty sure he's from Kentucky. Uh, he's he's got he gets compared to Waylon Jennings a, a lot. Uh, we had the Waylon Jennings studio in in Loveland, oh, baby. Oh shit! Nice. He, oh he gets, yeah, I think that's where. He's have from. you ever listened to any of his stuff? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I figured, <laughs> but I the most I've. The most I've done is I've listened to Willie a couple times. Oh, so good, man. I, I guess Willie was the only... Willie and uh, the Highwaymen were the two country artists I listened to before Sturgill. But they didn't really change my opinion on country. They were, like, the best of mm. that type of country that I'd heard my whole life, you know? But the Highwaymen, I don't right. know if you've heard the Highwaymen, dude. It's, it's John... I not. mean, this is just off of memory, and I've smoked a lot of weed since I started listening to them. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> the four—it's—it's it's a super group. I think it's Christopher Christofferson or Chris Christofferson. Oh. Um, I think it's Waylon Jennings. I want to say Merle Haggard. Really. I think, and Johnny Fucking Cash. And I think they have two albums, maybe three, and they are. Amazing. I, <laughs> They're amazing. Even I know music. all of those names. That's Dude, insane. Dude, I'm telling you, four legends. Four legends on in, in a band together. How have I not heard about that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you know if a lot of people know them. Now there's the High Women, or the Highway Women, or the High Women, or something like that. And they're all about... They're like four, I think, legendary female country artists. And they're all like stoners. So okay, make, see, like, if there wasn't that aspect music. to it, I would have been a little disappointed. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, they had to go for it there. But <laughs> I, I've, I've heard... I don't, I don't think I've heard anything by them. But yeah, man, I, you know, Willie... Uh, I got into Willie with his reggae record that he put out. Really? Yeah, a full reggae album. I, when did I mean, he do I can't that? remember the name. He did that in, when I was in high school, like 2004, 2005, Jesus. sometime around then. A, just a big ass wheat leaf on the cover of it and it's um some of his songs some of his classics and he's covering like old country like classic country songs too in reggae form and it's incredible i mean it's so good willie's been around the block so it's it, it i it's something i would expect from him that he would try to do yeah. some like to stretch out to other stuff that's cool he's like fuck it right yeah yeah I mean, I think he started out as a pop singer. I think he was doing more, like, kind of ballad pop music when he first started. And then he, I don't know if he started smoking weed or if he decided, I want to start writing country music. One, <laughs> Chicken or the Egg. I don't know which one. But something changed along the way because he used to be super clean cut and wear suit and ties. And he had his hair, like, pomade to the side and everything. And he looks like such a totally different person. But, yeah, man, like, before I heard this record, I think this, like, it's it was so impactful on me. And it really did, like, this album and Sturgill in general, like, inspired an era of my life as a songwriter and just gave me a, new, a whole new perspective on the genre and, like I said, of the South in general because he started, he kind of, like, humanized country music with this record for me. Well, let's, 
let's get into it, man. Let's start talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Because, like, you know, when, when we were talking about all the Red Solo Cup and all the bullshit pro-American, like, drivel. Yeah. That was, that apparently every country artist was just willing to, to just shit out because they knew that's what their audience wanted to hear. Just, it was just mindless music, in my opinion. So, yeah, let's get into it. Because I really feel like he, Sturgill, added such a human element to country that I hadn't heard in so long. And it's... And it, and he had a modern kind of twist on it. I really, really like it. A modern twist on it. A meta-modern twist. It was meta as hell, maybe. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. First off, after after hearing you talk about all that stuff, Sturgill still goes to those themes and those, like, he still talks about whiskey. He's talking about oh, yeah. trucking. You know, Yeah, long, dude, long, the, the long white line. Yeah. He's not denying that he's an old hillbilly. Like he says in yeah. one of his songs, but he's he just has the motivation to go and try to expand on these yes. classic themes. And most of the meta modern things on this album aren't really in the music. It's really kind of the first and the last song, but the lyrics are yeah. kind of where he changes it up on this one. Yeah, I agree. I think the I think he does enough really off the wall for country music choices in the, in the music and in the production. But yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's mostly in the lyrics and what he's talking about, like how, like we were, like we were saying earlier, like how heady the lyrics can get and kind of trippy and out there. Mm. It really introspective, really personal, but like amazingly self-aware. Like you said, he calls himself a hillbilly. Yeah. And, uh, but also very self-deprecating too. And he has, he obviously has a sense of humor you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, man, I, I, I really, I mean, there's so many lines in this album that I love, like even silly ones, like in living the dream where he goes, why make a big old pot of coffee when you ain't got no cream, you know, just like <laughs> that's, that's such a great Southern line. And, uh, and then when he says like, I ain't got to do a goddamn thing, just sit around and wait to die. Yeah. You're like, God damn. Like that's, that's when he gets like, all of a sudden he gets heavy. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a lot of appreciation for his lyrics on this album for me. Yeah, I think it's. It, uh, I read on one of the genius things for his song that I didn't go through any of them, man. I bet there's, there's some good stuff in there. Well, there was a quote when he was talking about making this album. He said his wife told him, "You might drive yourself crazy thinking about all this stuff, but you're definitely driving me crazy." So right. you got to write some songs about it or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. I mean, some of the themes that he writes about, like we, like we mentioned the opening track turtles all the way down. I mean, that is, he just goes is, off and lists in this first song, like every <laughs> yeah. single drug you could think of. Oh, I love it. Marijuana, LSD. Like he knew what uh, he was so doing fun. when yeah. he knew what he was doing. Like country people are not, as far as I know, privy or keen to uh drugs in a general they're, sense they're certainly just not open about it it's almost like uh don't ask don't tell type of thing because i feel like that's what outlaw country was back in the 70s was talking about getting drunk and smoking pot and yeah, doing sure. you know doing hood rat things with your friends and i think uh that has been lost because they were so worried about commercial success that it's just like we can't offend the mom 
and the dad, but we also have to attract the, the teenager and the college kid and all. So it just became about drinking and family and having fun and, and partying. A very, uh, a very, very heavy focus on religion, which yeah, is another interesting aspect of this album as a whole. And as Sturgill as a whole, because he mm-hmm. talks about, he makes a lot of allusions to God and like Christianity, but yeah. he also kind of puts a little question mark on it. I mean, him saying, you know, talking about the Bible and and saying that all the it's hard it's hard for him to love the Bible or want to have anything to do with it when it's caused so much pain mm. for like you know like all this pain caused by some old man in the sky, you know, like he he's definitely calling out the hypocrisy of it, uh, and he, he's been. I think weirdly either quoted or credited for being an atheist. And then he says like, no dude, I have like a Jesus tattoo. You know, (laughs) he's, he's not atheist. I think he's just, he's willing to ask the questions. Right. And he's willing to challenge things. And I think that's part of my appreciation for him. It's why he feels so punk rock to me. Cause it, it really, it's like, he's, he seems ignored by Nashville. Like he seems to be the black sheep of country music. Well, because they hold these values so dear and it's become yeah. an ingrained part of the music mm-hmm. that doing anything opposed to that automatically just makes you a heathen and frowned upon, even though he's still he's still a God loving man, it seems. Maybe even if it isn't like the traditional Christian God, he probably holds Christianity dear, but might have like a hybrid of beliefs. Yeah, I think it's just that he's progressive in, in every sense of the word, with just, his music, with his belief. He has you know, an the, open mind, and he's mm-hmm. he's willing to, you know, let whatever comes in, come in. Like what it means to be a man, too, a little bit, because he mm-hmm. also, he challenges that in country music a little bit, where he allows himself to be really, really vulnerable and sensitive and open, and like we were saying, you know, even self-deprecating. You don't right. hear that a lot in, you know, in country music other than the ballad of just like, you know, my woman left me and I'm such a fucking idiot. You know, I didn't appreciate her when I had her or whatever. Like, that's that's a form of self-deprecation that's just like, that's what you normally will get from country music. But everything else is like ultra machismo, I feel like, with a lot of pop country. Sure. You know, so I think Sturgill kind of challenges the status quo a little bit there, too, with allowing himself to be uh, sad and unsure of himself and you know insecure and everything in between like he he lets that come through in the music and i think that's it was just such a it's such a breath of fresh air yeah it's it's just nice to know that this guy is kind of questioning himself and life what life is what he's doing yeah uh like on that song uh i think it was the live in the dream you know where he's kind of talking about uh it, it, being on the road and sex is cheap and yeah when talk is cheap and sex is overrated yeah that's it <laughs> he has so many good lines <laughs> like that dude uh and his you know band's trying to get the sound and he knows he he's willing enough to say that he's given into these things and that these things aren't great but he's still willing to talk about it yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I think uh it's cool to hear his like unique perspective on a lot of that stuff that he's going through too. Like like we were saying uh Long White Line where you know, on the surface it just kind of sounds like a trucker song. You know, getting in your in your 18-wheeler or getting in a car or something and just drive until the road ends. 
right? Yeah. Like, he wants to see the end of the long white line. But it's all because his woman left him. So then there's that classic country thing, too, where he's just like, oh, I woke up this morning and she was gone. So, like, I'm just going to keep driving. I'm just going like, to go to the end of the line. The, the first time I heard this song, I assumed it was about drugs. So did I. I thought it was about cocaine. <laughs> I thought it was just about cocaine or, like, some other white powder drug yeah. you sniff. And maybe so, like, that's to the end of the long white of line. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But and, and it's kind of it wouldn't surprise you, right? Because then you on turtles all the way down, he literally like names brand name drugs like twelve of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise you. Uh, but I do kind of I love his just his punk rock sensibility as a as an artist because he seems kind of blacklisted from the CMAs and shit. I think there was one year where the CMAs didn't invite him, so he he buskered outside of the event. <laughs> And was just playing his music outside of the oh, event man. and like talking shit about Nashville and, and you know, the, the system or whatever, the right the entity that is country music in Nashville. And a lot of people didn't know who he was. And at this point he had it had been he had already released like a Sailor's Guide to the Earth or whatever, like the album that came out after this one. Yeah. So at that point to me he was a fucking rock star. And there was people that didn't know him. Because if you're if you think about the CMAs, you're thinking about very specific artists that don't really people like him don't show up there um and it's i mean and this is totally like an outsider's perspective from like i don't i'm not in this scene i'm not heavily involved in it i don't really give a shit about it uh so this is just you know from what i've seen and read about him it's just it makes me appreciate him so much more because you can easily give in to the pressure of you know god i just got to give people what they want or i'm not going to make this money or i'm you know i'm never going to be accepted into the circle or whatever, right. and with every album that he's come out after this, he's just continued evolving and changing his sound. And he said with this album that he wanted this to be his last country record. And it scared me when I heard that, because <laughs> I love this so much. I it really is like this is perfect country music to me. And when I heard that he didn't want to continue doing country music, he was kind of over it. I'm like fuck, man! Like what is he gonna do? Like it's gonna be so different. It's gonna suck. And then he comes out with A Sailor's Guide to the Earth, I think is what it's called. And yeah. it was incredible. And Yeah, and then... It's a soul know, record. He made Yuri. a soul record. Yeah. Uh, I didn't listen to Juanita and Dude. Dude and Juanita. The Dude and Juanita, yeah. Some Juanita and the Dude. Um, he kind of is going back to this sound a little bit on that record. Because he did Sailor's Guide to the Earth, and it's kind of this soul album. Fucking incredible. And then he... Um, or kind of like old school rock and roll, like 50s rock and roll. And then he does, oh man, what's the one that came out after that? I forget the name. But he, it's like a rock record. Uh, the one that came out after Sailor's Guide was Sound and Fury. Sound and Fury. That is like almost a straight up rock album from what I remember. So it's, and then he did like an anime, I told you, uh, to go along with that record. Uh, I still haven't, I, like, is that on YouTube? Where do you find that? I, th I think it's on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. He made it for Netflix, I think, or in, in collaboration with them or whatever. But yeah, it's like he did a soul record, then he did a rock album, and then he's coming back to to his country roots a little bit. I just I I love the the versatility that he has and how his voice, which couldn't be more fucking country music and couldn't be more <laughs> southern, somehow works on all those other you know settings. It's it's so fucking impressive, man. Yeah, it, it kind of, just the voice alone gives a cool twist to all these genres that he's kind of 
trying out and experimenting. And with. I love when I love his usual kind of mellow singing voice, but God, I love it when he gets loud and almost screams. Oh, those are my favorite parts the, on this album. Uh, is when by far. You can tell he's kind of like clipping the mic a bit. Yes, and they let it happen. It has that rawness to it. Yeah, I think it's like a great choice that they just kind of let it happen these once in a while, you know? Turns all the way down. Yeah, dude. And then, yeah, and living the dream, like, I got to do a goddamn thing. Sit around and wait to die. And then on The Promise, in the last chorus of The Promise, which is such an awesome random cover for them to do. But I Yeah, like a cover from this random stereotypical 80s band. Yeah, yeah, just and it's a one-hit wonder as far as I know. When in Rome, I think. When in Rome, yes, when in Rome. And I love that he does that last chorus. I'm sorry, but I'm just thinking about the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's it's how there's so much emotion to that, right? Like when he gets loud like that, it sounds so uh honest. And it, yeah, I love well, those parts. Yeah, it's it's not something you usually hear and it happens few times on the album as well yeah you know just so it's like kind of a startling moment a little bit yeah but works every time it it does like you said it's almost uh he's clipping the microphone but honestly sometimes it sounds distorted like they're trying to get a little more rawness out of it right Yeah. yeah really really fun man and and the musicianship i'm pretty sure these are mostly like studio musicians on this album with him and they're incredible i mean yeah it sounds great i love they i think there's a steel guitar yeah on on some of the songs and just this classic i don't know i've always loved the fucking like lowest string guitar stuff yeah i've always liked the like kind of goofy sounding like very plucky yeah yeah Yeah. a little cheesy a little goofy little little cheese like a little manchego there but it's it's so fucking fun it makes it fun right because there's i think the 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 album to me i think it's 50 50 really mid-tempo slow songs kind of quieter songs and then the other half are like yeah i mean you straight up have kind of danceable oh very danceable yeah like oh, like honky tonk bar stuff like two-step and right. stuff and then you have a little light which is straight up like a almost like a gospel song yeah yeah love that song i i do love that song for how uh short it is yeah less than two minutes it's it's just a nice kind of romp, and in the, I like the lyrics on it. You kind of kind of find that light in yourself. Yeah. All you need is a little light, and it's like uh, it makes me want to like. It's perfect for hitting your knee, you know, on every downbeat <laughs> while you're chewing on a <laughs> fucking wheat stalk, you know. Like you're kind of rocking back and forth in your chair, <laughs> yeah. Over the field, everyone's stomping at the same time on the, like shit kicking, you know, on stage. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's perfect for that, and just it feels like a gospel, like a southern baptist gospel song and it's so fun and and uh yeah i think a lot of the like you said the the steel guitar the slide guitar stuff um the bass is very prominent and i love that on this record i i do love the stand-up bass moments yeah big old fan of that great drums right like not doing anything he needs to do but they sound good like the production is just so good yeah, yeah, right. And then the little bit of organ that they'll mix in, you know, like living the dream at the end when the the so the guitar solo with the organ, 
and stuff. Mm. It's uh, yeah. I, I thought you were you would really like that organ parts. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you, you know how to get me. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, uh, what would be? I was you know, I've been trying to get you to listen to this guy for five years now, probably at this point. I thought it was like a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it might have felt it's like a couple right. weeks to you, uh, but I made you a playlist years ago. I I've had like other things to do I, mainly. Yeah, okay, it's okay. I've been busy. Okay, I understand. Uh, but <laughs> this was on the list of like before we even started this podcast, almost two years ago at this point. Like this was on my original list of albums that I wanted to talk about, and I'm 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 like so excited that we're getting into it. And I'm so curious what your favorite songs are on this. It is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. I knew what to expect going into this album for the most part. You've heard it's a, a few of them. Album. Yeah, Even and you've it. heard a few of these songs, right? Like before, like, because I put some on the playlist for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely heard a couple of the songs. Uh, I think turtles was on there and mm-hmm. uh maybe long white line maybe so and so it's country music some of the songs definitely got into the cheese hillbilly oh, yeah. section oh, yeah. of country music for sure but for sure i knew to expect that going in so i was like fuck it so man whatever <laughs> it's like did I'm you just enjoy them go. or were they just more uh palatable no nah, i was into it like i nice, was just kind of like nice. grooving along but yeah it's goofy man and i almost feel like having left texas it makes me want to listen to country music more yeah i mean god there is a uh i don't know there wasn't a lot of country music in austin really yeah. but we would go to you know you go to a barbecue place and they're like all right well we have to right <laughs> and so it's like all that stuff was like kind of trash but yeah this Sturgill's a great start, great place to go from. Might find some other people through it. Goes down smooth. Uh, my first nug. Well, I got some honorable mentions. Obviously, Long White Line yeah. is super catchy. It comes on at work sometimes. So, oh, I assume it must be one of his more popular songs. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, interesting. Uh, Just Let Go. You sent me the cut and grass version. Mm. which is faster yes, and a little more upbeat. And if it was that version, it would have been one of my choice nugs. Oh, damn. I love how that song opens, though. But Woke it, up today and decided to kill, kill my, my ego. Never done much for me, no how. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, and so it's still an honorable mention. Yeah, it's a great example of how personal Sturgill can get with his songwriting. It's like, it feels like we're, like, you're alone in a room with him and he's just playing you this song. It's, it's so, yeah, so emotional and so heavy. Uh, and A Little Light, where my honorable mentions my first choicey, my first nugget. I think we're gonna share it. It's gonna be Turtles All the Way Down. Yeah, I've seen Jesus play with flames in a lake of fire. And I was standing there. I was standing here. Dude, that's the song. This is the song that only slightly changed my life. It's it's just the perfect it's the perfect intro. It's like he wrote this album and wrote like I don't know if he wrote this song first or the album first, but they both right. had each other in mind cuz he starts off with his voice 
alone. I've seen Jesus Christ. His first line is questioning Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of crazy. A whole list of drugs. He name drops uh, fucking, he name drops Seattle. I wonder if you like that. Yeah, I found the devil in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Hope to see him soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, just the production on this is so nice. The mid-tempo is not... I'm not usually into, the, like, the slower mid-tempo songs, but yeah, this one, like, I'm really into. It's got enough of a groove that you can groove along to it, but it's chill enough that you can kind of lay back and enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, when he almost kind of yells, his turtles all the way down the line. That's like my favorite part of the entire album. I know, man. It's like he's being so poetic on this song. Like the things yeah. that he's talking about are really out there and very heady. And if you look into it at all, it gets even more heady and confusing and psychedelic because turtle <laughs> turtles all the way down is an expression that I'd never heard of until I heard yeah. this album. It's like the earth is held on the back of, of a turtle shell and then that and then turtle's on a different turtle. Exactly. Shell. And it's underneath that one, another turtle underneath that one, another turtle. It's like the, the problem of infinite regress is what the phrase is, is talking about. It's like, it's the mythological idea of a world turtle that supports a flat earth on its back. It suggests that the turtle rests on the back of an even larger turtle, which itself, which is itself part of a column of increasingly larger turtles that continues infinitely. It's like, yeah. who the fuck thought... Like, this is what I mean where we don't have philosophers anymore, really. Like, the, the closest thing we have to philosophers now are people on Instagram that think that they are self-help gurus and they tell you these life-affirming facts that are just the most basic-ass bitch you know, think ways to think about life and they're not doing anything new or thinking of anything new. But then you look at something like turtles all the way down. And this is just something that showed up in the 1800s. Someone thought of this as the concept of, of infinite regress. And it's like, dude, we don't have enough time to think anymore. Like no one's thinking of shit like this anymore, man. I mean, it must, it, it must just be your friend group. Cause, uh, <laughs> what are y'all like super fucking heady and, and constantly quite, I mean, me and, you know, me and, and Christina definitely. And some of our, some of our friends, we question things a lot, right? Like we challenge things a lot in, in society and in culture and stuff like that. But I mean, I haven't thought of anything like turtles all the way down ever in my entire life. I mean, it's, it, I, I do, I tend to meet a lot of people that have been through, a lot and I've mm. done a lot and taken a lot. Oh. And so you're talking like mind expansion? Mind expansion kind of stuff. <laughs> mind man. expansion, man. It's you know, it's just you you meet these people and they tell you about some stuff you've gone through and you you just think like, "Wow, you've lived a couple lives now." Right. You I know, mean, you've you've yeah. had enough experience for a couple people. I there's this one person I went on a date with that we hung out for probably six or seven hours and through the entire thing, more stories, more crazy experiences you would never think a person's done. And those are the people that they, they like to wax philosophical That's, for sure. Yeah. They, got, they got all the books, they got, you know, all these ideas yeah. and I'll, I'll They've be the read first infinite to say, jest. <laughs> 
I'll be the first to say, like, I don't understand most of it. Right. But that's fine, because, you know, maybe one day I'll figure it out. Maybe one day I'll learn. Yeah. Lots of Alan Watts fans out there, I think is his name. Uh, but, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm not, we're not watching the right TED Talks, or maybe those I, people are censored much well, easier I think in you this na- day and age. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head right off the bat by the fact that I think it has a lot to do with having experiences it expands your perspective on things, right? So, like, the, yeah. the people that you've met and have gotten to know have had some really intense experiences in their lives. So that does kind of offer you fresh perspective. Imagine the difference between, you know, traveling the world for, you know, throughout your life and staying in the same town for the for your whole life. Like, the two, yeah. how different your brain will work, you know? Like, yeah. it's... it's uh, So it's interesting to get back to Sturgill a little bit where he doesn't seem like a world traveler. He, he sounds like a very well-read guy and uh, an educated guy. And then you think, like, that's maybe why... No offense. That's maybe why he stands out so much in country. <laughs> because he seems well-educated and well-read and willing to uh, think about things differently, to challenge things well, a little bit. You know, all it, all it, all it takes is an open mind and a willingness to be wrong, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people, uh, maybe even most people, don't have that. We all we all share that to some, you know, degree. Yeah, ego. Obviously, to some magnitude. Yeah. Uh, but just having the heart to try to stay open to new ideas and try to accept things and question things. And, like, you hear something weird and... You don't immediately, you know, throw it off to the side and you're like, okay, that's trash. Yeah, I have to think about yeah. It doesn't like you hear something that challenges a belief that you have, and you don't immediately, uh, like, reject it. Yeah, yeah, that is that has been what most of my life has been up till now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm learning. I don't know. Yeah, no, I've definitely, you know, I've had to open myself up to new ideas and experiences ever since like moving out of Texas, you know, just that alone. Like we lived in Austin, but we were still in Texas. So I moved to California, you moved to Washington and there's different types of people here, you know? So it's sure where I live, there's a lot of energies and a lot of, Oh, you know, I just listened to my chakra. Yeah. I, my crystal told me not to go anywhere today type (laughs) of things. And I'm having to be very, understanding and open to these things because you know it's so easy to dismiss this stuff as like kind of new age you know foo-foo bullshit and then you're just it's but then you realize like well this person genuinely heartfelt sincerely believes in this thing they're not being phony about it so i'm like i gotta respect it and try and understand it as much as i can yeah and you know, it's it's stuff that in movies and TV shows we've always been taught to believe. Oh, you're psycho. It, this person <laughs> right. holds no yeah. credibility. Yeah. You know, these hippies like, oh, the stones. But like, first off, it doesn't hurt anyone unless they're doing some like, I'm not going to get treatment because this stone is going to help. That's bad. But as right. long as that's not happening, it's not but hurting at that point, anyone. They're hurting themselves. So, you know, it's kind of. At least they're not hurting anyone else around them. That might not. It's the it's the when it gets it gets dangerous when it's like the anti-vax shit of like parents not giving their kids vaccinations because they don't believe <sighs> yes. in it or something. It's like okay, now you're endangering someone's life. 
Right. Kind of the same thing with like people not taking the COVID vaccine. Like feel however you want, but the way I feel about it is, if you don't get it, you're kind of saying fuck you to everyone else. You know? Yeah. A little you know, bit. And it, and I used to be that way. There, like I I used to be that way about vaccinations. Where I'm just like, what? I gotta get a flu vaccine to do this thing. I'm like, ah, fuck that. I just won't do it then. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get a shot. You know, be sick for three or four days or whatever. Like, and now I'm, I'm gonna get every fucking. I'll, I'll, I'll let them give me Bordetella vaccinations if I have to. <laughs> hey, those aren't bad. Yeah, man. I might be getting lockjaw for all I know. Give me that At one, too. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm a believer now. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, you know, it's... I think... Uh, I love, like, in, in Turtles All the Way Down when Sturgill says... You know, he names all the psilocybin, DMT, marijuana, LSD, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like he was on all of those when he wrote that song. (laughs) So I I love it. Um, Well, what was your, was that one of your notes? Oh, uh, Godoy. Gal Gal Godoy, dude. Uh, Godoy. (laughs) Godoy, dude. Uh, What was was your second note? My second choice, Nug, before, I mean, real quick, I'll do my honorable mensch. Uh, Life of Sin, Living the Dream, The Promise, A Little Light, Just Let Go, and Ate All Flowers. All of them except Voices. Didn't care for Voices? Not that I didn't care for it. I like the song. Uh, It's just my least favorite. And it's kind of of like the bonus track, uh, Pan something. Pan Bowl. Pan Bowl. Uh, Kind of like, you know. It's fine. Kind of a fly. A little bit of a filler song, even though I like them both. You know, so, but literally all of them are honorable mentions except voices. (laughs) So, my second choice, Nug, and it's funny that you told me, you know, we were listing some of the ones that I put on the playlist that I made you because I totally forgot which ones I put on there, but it was Long White Line. It's so silly, but it sounds so cool to me for some reason. It sounds like the intro of a country cartoon. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the intro of, like, Hey Dude or, or you know, Rocco's Modern Life or something. Some 90s <laughs> Nickelodeon cartoon that for some reason would have used country as their intro. Uh, but I love the lyrics about, like, heartbreak and, and, you know, trying to... Almost, like, running away from your problems a little bit. And, uh, yeah. yeah, just driving until you get to the end of the road and then working through your thoughts. Like, I, I love that theme, too. Uh... Sorry, I gotta respond to something really. Quick. No, you're good, I, and I love the like the trippy, the trippy slide guitar at the end with like the panning when they go like left and right panning like wow 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 wow. Then they have that like the kind of distorted solo that's not really following any sort of like notes or or key or anything like that, and it's just like such a cool ending to a song, and they're like reversing stuff and everything. I, I love the the ending of Long White Line. Yeah, where it kind of uh, kind of amps up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it kind of it ends like weirdly loud, uh, and and trippy <laughs> and kind of like psychedelic, and I I really really like that about it. Oh my god, I sorry, this person is delivering groceries to me and they're asking a lot. Of That's questions. hilarious. Yeah, we can edit this out. It's all good. I don't know how I'm going to, but I can figure it out. They said they were coming at three, so I don't know why they're asking all these questions now. Um, 
But yes, the long white line is it, it came on at work one day and we have this like I think it's called Renegade Country. Oh yeah. And I, but I was still like surprised. Like, XM, oh, Renegade Country. Like a Sturgill Simpson song on a country radio station. Huh. Well, Showing okay. them a little love. I like that. Showing them a little like love. That. And it's super catchy, super something that would be great live. Mm-hmm. Nice dancing hoedown song. <laughs> it's a know? hoedown for sure. It's a it's hoedown. A hoedown. <laughs> Look. <laughs> we all want to pretend it is, but it is. <laughs> Let's stop denying that this song is a hoedown. <laughs> well, what's your second choice, Nug, man? My second choice, Nug? It's gotta be It Ain't All Flowers. Yeah, man, that's so good. It's I appreciate what he was doing here, trying to like push the boundaries, get a little experimental, all this reverse uh, kind of playing, the fact that it's a seven-minute country song yeah. which does not happen yeah and, it, and the intro has really nothing to do with the rest of the song which i find very interesting it's not like it goes into that riff that they're playing in reverse in the song it just starts like ding, 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 ding. it just starts doing something completely different uh i did yeah, that right. and man i love like it just has a some really good like dark energy on it on all flowers it sounds kind of pissed a little bit yeah well you know it's it's kind of a kind of a pissy song yeah. and i love ooh, i love when he's <laughs> oh dude that howl it gets a little distorted clips a yes. little howling. I, I have that whole thing written down in my notes <laughs> just how he uses how he uses the guitar in it and like how it comes in and when it comes in it's a very cool you could tell they definitely took their time like constructing the instrumentation yes of this song. the way it gets layered figuring out this is going to sound really good here we're going to have this tiny little echo distorted guitar in this part yes it's going to sound super cool yeah the the tremoloed almost like surf rocky tremoloed guitar during the verses is just so like juicy and wavy and grooving man yeah. i love it yeah. it's a very bluesy song it's i would say it's the blues song on the record yeah, very super bluesy with that kind of, I wouldn't call it like a swagger. No, it has a kinda, swagger. It's got a little bit of... It's got a little it's bit got, of a it's, swagger It's borderline too. the Jack Daniels... Borderline swaggy. Yeah, it's a borderline I'd swaggy. Say. It's borderline Jack Daniels commercial music. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not quite. quite. It's not going to be in the Jack Daniels Honey commercial. It might be in like a Jim Beam commercial. A little more real. The work, yeah, a little more. The working the man's whiskey. Yeah, a little <laughs> Buffalo Trace, maybe a little higher, higher scale. You know, I can't believe I'm not drinking whiskey right now, but I'm just so tired of drinking lately. <laughs> I've done it a lot. Damn, and I was thinking of there's this like at the gas station. The only thing they got for alcohol that's under it's five dollars. It's the cheapest yeah. one. Is this little little bottle of. Oh god, it, I'm scared. It's it's brown like whiskey, uh, but it's technically Oh mine. no, 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 no. And it's just like a bad fireball. <sighs> it's like 20%, which oh, is nice. So, sounds so gross. <laughs> it oh, it is. It's not great, but they, look, they don't got four locos over here, so what am I yeah. supposed to do? <laughs> look, I need to forget life, okay? Like I need give me a $5 <laughs> forget <laughs> pill. So sometimes 
I'm sick of getting drunk off life. I want to just get drunk off yeah, alcohol. for sure, for sure. I don't see what's wrong oh, with man. that. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect record to drink whiskey and just, like, vibe on a porch, you know? Oh. Maybe with some really good headphones Dude, it, on. And let me say, like, listening to this record has got me pretty excited to listen to all his other stuff. You should be excited, man. I think you're going to love A Sailor's Guide to the Earth. I really think you're going to love that record. Ugh. I literally was downloading it mid episode. Man, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, dude, let's get into ratings, my guy. What are, what, do you want me to go first? you want to go first? What is your rating? Uh, I'll go ahead All and right. go first. Since this uh, album kind of I kind of brought it to you a little bit, you know, so let's go with you first. Yeah, and so let let the guests yeah, go first yeah, sure you know it's it's like proper manners and you'll learn oh, that man. eventually okay you're really but we'll, twisting the yeah. knife uh <laughs> i'm gonna i i love the sounds of this album it's heady as he said it's got a good amount of room in it the production sounds fantastic mm. uh i it's nice and short it's like 30 minute album uh, and it's got some catchy parts in it. Not something I usually listen to, but something I might get more into yeah. now. Uh, there were a good amount of flyover songs for me that that didn't quite okay. stick. Even though I appreciated, you know, the music and the lyrics and all that. Uh, and honestly, hearing what he does on other albums, it's like... Man, you sent it. Yeah, dude. He he really let loose <laughs> after this record. So I almost was thinking about that too going into this episode. I'm like, I maybe I should have done Sailor's Guide or Sound and Fury, but I'm like, this is the root though. He has one album before this, but I feel like this is really the root of when things started changing. It's the root. Yeah. Life. It's kinda like with Rx Bandits. I would tell you to listen to the resignation before progress, even though progress, you know, was the one that I got into first. I'm like, resignation is really when the change started happening. You know, this was the right. transition phase for him. And so with all that being said, I'm going to give this one a solid 7.6 with way better than I thought you were definite, gonna definite room that it's going to go up. Nice. Yeah. That's, I thought you were going to give it a six point something, maybe a five point something. Honestly, I, I enjoyed it, man. That's awesome. I, it's just a nice, it's going to be a nice album that I can just put on. It's easy. It's interesting, uh, and I'm I'm definitely gonna come back to it. Nice, dude. Do you think you can put this on hanging out with with Lily, and she would chill? She would like it. Um, no. Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, because Lily right now is kind of getting into, you know, like Tala and oh. early album Slipknot. Yeah, and the self titled record she's liking a lot. Yeah, a lot of break core, a lot what of is, very hardcore what is stuff. Break core? Um, you remember that Pendulum album we talked yes. about? Yes, it's like that, but like two or three times faster. Oh fuck off! Okay, yeah, she'll hate. She's gonna hate this record. Then never mind. Yeah, so probably not. <laughs> but you know, maybe I'll do it as a joke one time. I'll put a speaker in a room that she can't find. Yeah, a little Bluetooth speaker under her pillow. Yeah, like yeah, we'll see how that I like goes. It. Uh, well, 7.6. I'm, I'm psyched that you liked it that much, man. I obviously I'm going to be higher 
than that. I'm I'm sure. obviously higher than you right now. Uh, but I think this. You're like, how do you know? Um, sir, I'll have you know that I'm 100 percent high. <laughs> sir, I love. Side note, that I had friends who didn't really smoke weed, and then they moved to a state that had weed, and now they're smoking weed all the time, and it just makes me so happy. Anyway, uh, this album slightly changed my life. Uh, it really did change my perspective on country music. I took a road trip to Little Rock, Memphis, and Nashville maybe about a year after I first heard this album, and I was listening to a lot of stuff like this, like Houndmouth and Shovels and Rope and uh, Shooter Jennings and all these different artists. And I'm like, wow, like this new country is awesome. I want to go to Nashville. And I went there. I wrote an album's worth of country music there with, with one of my best friends. And it was just such a formative, cool time in my life. You know, it was... When is that album coming out? I don't even know where the songs exist anymore, man. I've been asking my friend for them for a while. I don't even think he's found them. Uh, if you're into like the Red Solo Cup country music you're probably not gonna like this shit if you don't like country music you might actually fucking like this record like Sturgill gets he's extremely self-aware he calls out the bullshit he is mind expanding he's trippy the production's great the music's great he knows how to write a really fucking catchy chorus that you just want to be drunk and sing along to every single time and this just had such a huge impact on me man it's really expanded my horizons and of music in general and seeing where he's gone since this record, too, has just continued to expand my understanding of what country music could be and what it should be. Uh, so I'm going to give this a solid... Fuck, man. 9.3. Whoa! Yeah, you know, I was talking about this album with, with my friend that I took, that we went on the road trip together to Nashville. And I told him we were talking about this record on the next episode. And I knew it was one of his favorites. And I'm like, man, you would have been the perfect guest for this episode. And we talked about that for a little bit. And then he said, uh, yeah, that would have, this would have been the album that he would have picked if he had been on our, on our show and that it's his number one album of all time. Oh, and that I showed it to him. I didn't, I didn't even remember that I showed him this. I think I showed him turtles all the way down one day. Oh man. That the fact that you showed someone their number one album, that, that must be, it was the coolest feeling. I literally found that out maybe four or five days ago. I had no idea. And it like, Oh, uh, man. It, it gave me so I like welled up with pride. I was like, "That's really fucking cool, man." He was like, "You owe your life." <laughs> yeah, dude. I changed your life, dude. You owe me a life. Yeah, dude. this might change your life, buddies. Fucking let us know what you guys think of this record. Listen to modern, meta modern sounds of country music. Let us know what you guys think. Do you guys already love Sturgill, or uh, do you know who the fuck we're talking about? And you listen to us for an hour for some reason, talk about someone you have no idea who they are. That's cool too. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Uh, or on Instagram at EBPcast. I'm on there at Sean Luke Guitard. Brett is Brett Hanrahan. Uh, YouTube, everything, Spotify, podcast. Go listen to us. Tell your friends. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Hit the bell. Uh, Brett, what, what else do you want to say to the people? Man, just fucking live your truth. I like it. Live your truth, man. And I, what is going to be our truth on the next episode? What are we, what are we talking about? I think it's your pick. Whew. Whew, boy. I, are we I've switching been, gears again? We went from Kendrick to Sturgill we're, we're, here. You're going left. You're going right. We start. We did two episodes yep. of Kendrick. We did an episode of Sturgill. Now we're doing an episode of Cloak, Dagger, Baby. It's Ooh. a punk band 
Nobody knows about it. Found it on Pandora when I was like in second year of high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still one of my favorite albums of all yeah, time. Wow. This album's called Lost Art. I'm trying to get everyone on this Fuck, shit. Yes. All right. Cloak Dagger, Lost Art, man. I'm excited to hear it. I think you've shown me one or two of their songs before. I put it. I When I came on to the Choice Nugs, I showed you one of That's their right. songs. Damn. Well, I'm excited. Uh, don't remember which one. Doesn't matter, man. This is gonna be a- dude. And that's what this show is all about, man. We're all over the fucking place, and we're going from hip hop to country to punk rock. So stick around, buddies. Let us know what albums. Who knows where we're who going knows next, what we're doing baby? Next. I already know moon. what we're doing next. To the fucking well, who knows? Uh, let us know what albums you want us to listen to and review. We're gonna do a listener submitted episode here pretty fucking soon, so keep an eye out for that one. We're gonna be doing happy hour episodes every now and then where we're just gonna be having a drink together and talking about music and talking about bullshit. So that's gonna be really fun. Stick around for those. And uh, Brett, man, what, what, what would you uh, what would you rate this? You know what, bud. It's so hard because there's it's like so there's hard. this ap- there's this podcast episode standing on like a bigger podcast on episode. the shoulders of another one the, sh- the shell of a bigger podcast right. episode so I'd say ten out of ten out of ten out of ten out of or maybe like ten out of eleven out of twelve out of thirteen out of fourteen out of 15, you know that kind yeah, of thing I mean I was literally Brett gonna say the exact same thing word for word wow. literally that's impressive. the exact same thing. That's impressive for me. That's a, I'm impressed. Yeah, you should. I've been impressed with you, bud. Aww. I've been impressed with you, bud. This was good. This was good. Bye, buddy. See ya. Next one. Two. One. Oh, my God. What song is playing right now? <laughs> <laughs>